0: Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveru.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton-Garino. Well, happy Sunday, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and with me today is Georgia Bulldogs track and field superstar, Kate Hall, and uh, one of the main reasons why I wanted to interview Kate is because she's from Maine, and I'm sitting here in Maine in all the snow, and I'm jealous because she's probably someplace really warm, and... um, it's just really cool to have someone from Maine uh, do all the things that she's doing and I first noticed uh, Kate when she was in high school here in Maine and she'll tell you all about that but um, what I noticed her when she signed to go to Iowa State and I'm from Iowa and I was raised in Iowa and I'm from eastern Iowa so it was it caught my eye I'm like hey somebody's going to Iowa State and then what happened was i followed her since and now she's at the university of georgia and so we'll hear about that that transition as well but uh kate thank you so much for sharing your sunday with us i really appreciate you being here yes of course anytime uh, you're a student athlete of amazing uh you're just amazing and i um uh, let's what do you want to talk about first should we talk about, should we go from high school let's talk about kate the little kid were you always fast
1: <laughs> um yeah, I was I was a pretty fast little kid. Um I didn't really notice I was super fast until I was playing soccer when I was like 10 years old and my dad would have like everyone race like after practice and um I would usually like beat everyone. Um but I remember this like one day there was a girl on my team and she ended up beating me that one day and i was like wait wait like i want to i want to get faster so i can <laughs> so i can beat people um so that's when i was kind of introduced to track cuz i found out that that girl on my team um she had done track over the summer and that's why she had gotten really fast all of a sudden um so my dad was like okay like let's try out track and you can get faster and i was really hesitant cuz i wasn't sure about trying like a new sport, cause at that point, I had done, like, soccer and basketball and um, all kinds of sports, so I was like, oh, I guess I'll just try, like, one practice, and I was really hesitant, um, but I went, and I was really fast, and the coach was like, wow, like,
0: you're super hmm. fast, like, you should do this,
1: like, you should be on our team, and um, ever since then, like, I loved it just from the
0: beginning, so I'm very glad that so,
1: uh, my dad had convinced me to. Go
0: try it out. Yeah, that's that's just great. Yeah, I am. Uh, you're talking to a person who, when we would have to go out and run the mile in like third grade, I was the last one in. Um, so I have nothing but respect <laughs> for all you do. I, you know, I could just never. You know, there's just some kids who just can't run and I'm one of those people I would just gasp for air the whole time and not a sprinter not a runner nothing a gymnast total gymnast on, on my end um, but boy we had a gal uh, named Christine Thorburn that I grew up with in Iowa and um, she's done amazing things with cycling and running and she's she, if you ever look her up her name's Chris, Dr. Christine Thorburn she's amazing and um, reminds me so much of, of all the cool things you do now here in Maine you were named the Gatorade Player of the Year three times um, and gosh, you have eight All-America certificates. You're, you've finished in the, on the national spotlight with long jump. Uh, you have records here. When we go to track meets for one of our boys, I see your name all over the place with the records. <laughs> what's that? What's that like? Um, what's that jump from high school to college like, with all of those accolades? And then you go to college, and it's like, oh, I'm a freshman again. Is it easy to 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 repeat?
1: Um, I mean, it definitely wasn't easy at first. Um, I was pretty nervous just going onto the college scene because um, obviously, like, my high school career ended in an amazing way, um, and I really wanted to, like, prove myself in college and be like, okay, like, I'm not just that girl that jumped 22 feet once in high school, and that's it. I wanted to go to high school, I mean, go to college and jump just as far and win nationals and um, continue to be successful um, so I was pretty nervous about that um, so at Iowa State I, I did have some decent jumps but it just didn't end up working out there and it just wasn't the place for me to be and um, so I decided to go to Georgia because I knew that the coach there was really good and I wasn't recruited by that same coach out of high school so, the coach that recruited me first um he wasn't there anymore, and I knew that mm-hmm. this other coach, who was now the head coach at Georgia, was really good, and he had some really amazing athletes who I actually jumped against in high school and my freshman year of college. So I knew when I wanted to transfer that I wanted to go there, and it was a tough year first year for me because. I wasn't really where I wanted to be at that point. Um, nationals didn't go as well. I wasn't jumping as far as I wanted to. Um, so I knew going to Georgia was like, okay, like, I got to get back into the rhythm of things. I got to jump, try to jump as far as I did in high school. And I knew that if I was going to be able to do that, then Georgia would probably be the best place to, to go and try mm-hmm. to accomplish that. Um, so the first year at Georgia was – was good but it was definitely um just like a transition process i went from using like one technique in high school to learning a different technique my first year of college and then uh, learning another Mm -hmm. technique at georgia so it's kind of like going back and forth on techniques and how to um use my speed like in my run so it was very different for me so it's a little bit of struggle uh, of a struggle. My indoor season last year, just like getting the technique and getting my run consistent. Um, but it was really outdoor season this past year, where it kind of started to click, and I was really consistent, and I was using my speed well, and I was able to just um, run through the board and get a good pop. Um, so my jump started to become really good again and I was back in the twenty twos and I was pretty much just hoping that this indoor season I was gonna be able to um start off where I had left off in outdoor season and I'm really happy that things are
0: going really well and that my jumps are jumps are good again so it's been very exciting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a rock, it's a bumpy transition sort of, I think. You know, I'm a mom of four boys and three are in college. And that first year is really getting your college legs around you. Don't you think it's just sort of figuring out wherever you are. Don't you think there's a pretty good transition from high school to college where you really are on your own for this and that and another thing. And did you find that at all? Yeah, I
1: I definitely did find that. I mean, I had a different coach, um, different training style, different lifting, college classes, figuring out campus, traveling, everything. So it's a huge transition, but it didn't take too long to kind of get in the rhythm of things. And once I was in
0: the rhythm of things, everything has just
1: been going really well. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I love having student athletes on the show because you guys are so inspiring with all that you do because, you know, a lot of people just, go to college, to go to college, and you're going to college and doing sports, uh, which is a whole different critter. It's almost, is it like having like a two full-time jobs? How do you manage all of that?
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's, it wasn't actually too bad for me because in high school, um, so I did track at Lake Region High School. Then I also had a trainer based out of um, South Portland, Chris Pribish, and I was actually taking college classes as a junior and senior in high school in Portland. Um, So pretty much my days were, like, really full during the week in high school. I'd go – I'd get up early, go run on an indoor track, Um, And then I would go to class. I'd have either, like, one or two classes. And then I would go right after that and go to my trainers in South Portland. And then I would go right from there to my practice at, like, Region. Um, And I'd be involved in that. And then at the end of the day, I'd go home. I'd pretty much do that, like, three, four times a week. So it was was a lot in high school. But I had to do that because I had to go to an indoor track to really – get better. It was hard, like, practicing, like, in the gym every day, so I had to figure out a way to get better. Um, So, in college, it's similar where, okay, you're practicing in the morning, and then you're going to class, and then you might be practicing in the afternoon, and then you have homework, and you have to fit in um, time to eat during the day as well. So, (laughs) luckily, like, I had had some experience with busy days and managing all of that. So, it is hard, but I had been used to it, so I was able to adapt to it really well.
0: Good, yeah. Do um, okay. So the other thing too is um, I learned that um, I was reading the newspaper here in Maine in the Portland Press Herald, and Deidre Fleming wrote a wonderful article about you. Um, you now you get to correct all my track knowledge here <laughs> but you, <laughs> you set records girl <laughs> I mean I, I don't know if you've jumped further than this even but um, that's I mean t- tell me about the your records and all the things that you do because I'm seeing career bests all over the place and I don't know if there's another article after this one or you know or even more than this but wow that's a long ch- I'm reading 21 feet 9.5 inches um, do we have more than that now that's, it. Um, so that's
1: my, <laughs> that's that's my indoor personal okay.
0: record.
1: Yeah. Um. So that's, yeah, that's the furthest I've ever jumped indoor. And I jumped that Crazy. Um, about a month ago at Clemson and I'm hoping to jump further very soon because practices have been going really well. Um. But my outdoor personal record is 22 feet, five inches. Wow. From, um, so, I mean, I have a huge goal of of breaking that and also, hopefully getting the uh, collegiate indoor or outdoor um, national record, which is a huge goal of mine. So i um, hoping for,
0: for some big things in the future. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's just wow. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about how far I could jump. It's not that. <laughs> With a running start, it just wouldn't happen. That's crazy. Uh, that's just amazing. Now, let's talk about your goals for a minute. Um, I'm fascinated by how people set goals. Um, do you have a special way that you could share with us to maybe inspire someone listening out there about how you go about setting goals and, um, setting new goals? Because it sounds like you break your own goals and, you know, have to, you know, create harder things for yourself.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I really started, um, setting goals when I was like a freshman in high school. I was watching the Olympic trials on TV Um, And at that point, I was only jumping, like, 16, 17 feet in the long jump, so nothing crazy at all. Um, And I saw them on there. I'm like, okay, like, my goal is to be at the next Olympic trials and then someday make the Olympics. So I figured out, like, in my mind, like, okay, I need to, like, jump this far each year to get the standard to go. And then from there, I would make, like, new goals. For each season, and I'd write them down, or and put them on my wall, or something. Um, and then I still, I still kind of do that, but now I kind of just like take one, th- take things like one day at a time, and see how like the season is going, and then make goals um, for that season. So this year, pretty much, my goal is to just keep um, improving and setting personal records, and then. Hopefully, um, jumping 22 feet indoors, um, and then I really want to set the uh, indoor collegiate record. So, so, that's a goal. Whether it's this year or next year, that's something that I really want to do. Um, but really, I just have to stay in the mindset, just take things one day at a time, one meet at a time, and not be too focused on the distances. Because um, if you're too focused on the distances, then you can't really just relax and focus on what you really need to do. So that's kind of the, the mindset that I have.
0: Have you, have you ever encountered – okay, so I've, you just did something huge that I, I firmly believe in, that's vocalizing your goals. Because I think when you have really huge goals or minor – whatever your goal is, I think you need to tell somebody about it um, who can support you in your goals and dreams. How do you go mm-hmm. about that? Because there's got to be an incredible, amazing support team around you, starting with parents, coaches, friends. How, how What's that look like? What's that landscape
1: of support? Um, it's pretty amazing. I mean, my, my family's always been, like, a huge support and believing in me and telling me, oh, I know you can do this, or I'll be, like, at a meet and, my dad will watch my jumps and be like, oh, like that was good, but like you were this far behind the board, so you can actually jump this far. And then so that's motivating me to like, oh, now I know I can do it. Like I just have to fix this little thing and then I can jump this far. And then also like my um, trainer from Portland, um, he he's amazing. He's always believed in me from day one. I never never had a doubt that um, um, that he has my best interests. Mm-hmm. Um at heart so it's it's pretty cool, and then also, just like my teammates and my coaches it's really cool training here with um my teammates because they're olympians and um national champions, so the environment is really cool, but they're also really supportive at the same time and they're motivating me to achieve my goals and so that's a really mm-hmm. amazing environment and then my coach is also um, saying oh like, you can jump this far and you've been getting better so at this point like an, an outdoor I expect you to be doing this so it's really cool because then it's like okay I can kind of get into that mindset that I know I can do it so it's it helps a lot I think
0: Now are your parents both Olympians? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know the answer to that but <laughs> um,
1: No I mean my my dad was- like, quick, um, but he didn't really detract or anything, and then my my mom played, like, high school sports, but um, nothing in college, but, I mean, people usually ask me, like, where my athleticism comes from,
0: and I guess my my grandfather
1: was, like I said, my pro baseball player, so possibly from him,
0: but that's, like, that's the only awesome. thing I can think of, so. Yeah, I love baseball, so i got base. i got one who plays college baseball, so I get the whole student-athlete thing. Um, okay, so... Let's talk a little bit of it. do you have any cha- any challenges like um I know I know you are a type 1 diabetic and you also have celiac disease is that a challenge is that hard to deal with what how does that go because um it it how do, how does that work with being an athlete like you are
1: yeah so i was diagnosed um with diabetes and celiac disease when i was 10 years old and I think I was really – the biggest worry I had was whether it was going to affect me in my sports. Um, mm-hmm. But I learned very quickly that I just had to control it and keep an eye on it. And if I was able to do that, then I, it, it wouldn't stop me from doing anything that I wanted to do. Yeah. So No.
0: Go ahead. What would you say? It's, go ahead. Keep going.
1: Oh. So um, – It's definitely, like, hard to deal with sometimes but I've learned how to deal with it. So if I'm getting ready for a competition, um, I have to make sure that I'm checking my blood sugars almost, like, every hour, hour and a half in advance and I have to plan my eating. So I'm like, okay, if I'm competing at this time, I need to eat three hours before, and then I also have to plan out when I'm eating after, and then exactly how much insulin. So that part gets a little bit complicated, but I'm used to it at this point. So it's just kind of like part of who I am and how my competitions and my
0: everyday life goes.
1: So well, I find it marvelously doing it.
0: inspirational. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Thank> uh, <you. laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I I always, um, you know, it makes you work a little bit harder because, you know, things don't, things aren't just perfectly easy. It's, you know, there's, there's something you have to think about a little bit that goes with you. Um, And it, it, how does that, how does that affect your, um, you know, I, I, I went into mom mode with you a little bit. It was kind of funny. I went in, I was thinking, how does she run? How does she run if she burns off the calories and the sugar and the so forth? How do you, how do you deal with that? Do you have to eat after as well? I was just trying to think of the challenges that must go with that because I have really bad food allergies. I think I told you that before we we started. And so I'm such a creature of habit with my food and we have a huge food allergy audience and a diabetic audience as well because my father is a type two diabetic who's a stroke survivor. And so my book and so forth are all tied into that. And so we talk a lot about this on the best ever you show. And so I think it's really cool that you're talking about it because I think some person out there, some young athlete, might be thinking, "Well, I'm not restricted because I'm diabetic." Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Yeah.
1: Oh. Um, so I just kind of I had the mindset that it doesn't it doesn't have to stop you, and it just becomes a part of who you are. And for me, like I wouldn't I wouldn't change it because it really taught me at a young age to be very disciplined. Um, and I believe that I have a good work. I think now because of being diagnosed with diabetes when I was 10 years old, like when I went into the hospital when I was 10, I asked to give myself my first shot. I didn't want the doctors doing it. And I was like, okay, give it to me. Like I'll I'll do it. I need to learn how to do this. Um, so from that point on, I was on a very strict schedule of um, having meals at the same time each day and figuring out exactly how much insulin to give. And obviously my parents were a huge support in helping me with everything. Um, but I I learned how to do it all on my own, and I knew like what I needed to do, and I knew how to deal with a high blood sugar, a low blood sugar. Um, so that really helped me with growing as a person and an athlete. And I honestly don't think I'd be where I am if um, none of that happened to me as, as a child.
0: Yeah. Do you uh... – Tell, tell us about celiac disease and, and what that is. Um, give us a little bit of an education on that so we know what that is too.
1: Yeah, so celiac disease is I I can't have gluten. So if I have gluten, which is like wheat, um, barley, malt, um, things like that, if I have that, then my intestines will be damaged and I'll get sick. So that for me was almost um, – I thought like, a harder transition than getting diagnosed with diabetes because I was actually diagnosed about two months after I was diagnosed with diabetes. So I had just gotten through learning how to deal with diabetes and getting on a really good schedule, and then all of a sudden the doctors called me and were like, oh, so you actually have celiac disease too. And I was like, wait, what? I have another thing I have to deal with? So that was really hard for me. Um, and I had to um, – I was, like, a big pasta eater and a mac and cheese eater as a child, like, I think, as most kids are. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to just clear everything out of the house, like, no bread, no cookies, no pasta, no crackers, um, not a lot of cereals, just, like, 75% of the stuff, like, in our household. Um, so we clear everything out, and it's was like, okay, like – what am I going to do? And at this point, um, there wasn't like a ton of gluten-free stuff, which it's gotten a lot better. Yeah. Um, but now it's amazing. They have so much stuff now, and it's it's helped me eat really healthy. So it's actually been a really good thing. Um, I think the hardest thing with it is just traveling and going to restaurants because sometimes isn't it?
0: Oh, like, can... what do you say? I said, isn't it? It's very hard to travel yeah. with any kind of allergies or, des- or you know, celiac, gluten-free stuff. It, that, I chimed in because I was just like, yep, I know. Sorry. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. And you don't know. Now, you don't know what?
1: I was going to say, like, a lot of times you can only eat a salad or you don't know if you can trust, like, what they're doing behind the scenes if it's truly gluten-free, so...
0: No, I I know that feeling. I have anaphylaxis to all all nuts, peanuts, fish, and shellfish. I have four really really severe. Wow. I've had them for 21 years. Um, I got them after pregnancy, and so I know I know very much what you mean with any kind of. I call that an allergy, like you know, celiac disease yeah. is a you know, it's kind of a food. It's a food allergy. Um, mm-hmm. it might not be anaphylactic, but it's. It definitely makes you sick as I'll get out, you know, when you eat that kind of stuff. And um, does that help you at all with managing type one diabetes? Di- I think it I helps me. Wrong, diabetes.
1: I think it helps me in the way that, like, I'm eating healthier. So, like, I can't go and just eat like a bunch of like cookies and bagels and muffins and mm-hmm. a lot of like high carb stuff. So obviously like if you're giving the right amount of insulin it doesn't it it shouldn't matter exactly what you're eating but there's simply foods that will spike you and then bring it right back down and that's a lot of the high carb foods with a lot of sugar. So I mean yeah. not being able to able to eat a lot of that stuff or have as much access to that stuff I think definitely helps control my blood sugars.
0: All right, we're going to move off this topic, but I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you touching on it and telling us about it because I really of think course. that, um, yeah, we have such a young audience, too, that listens to the show. And I know so many people from here in the track and field world were so excited to hear, you know, that you were, being, you know, that you were on the show. So, um, you know, I appreciate that, especially if you touch a younger life, you know, somebody struggling with the same thing or one of those yeah. two things you show that things are possible. I mean, look at you, you're like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're competing in Olympic trials, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> things like that. So, you know, you show you, you're paving the way um, and a great resource for it. I bet, you know, I'm, I'm pretty near certain if somebody had a question about it, they could probably tweet you um, and you would probably be like, yeah, I'll help you with that. So I, I yeah, and, of course, anytime. yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about those Olympic trials in Oregon um, and how that, helped you prepare for competition in the NCAA championships last June because um, you and what is competing at Olympic trials like that must be so cool it was it was
1: amazing I mean that was my
0: dream since I was a freshman in high school Um,
1: I knew I wanted to be there competing against the best of the best Um, and that was such an amazing experience I think that was my first competition my first huge competition so it was an is in Oregon, and the stands there are huge. So everyone, it was completely full. There were thousands of people <laughs> there, and I had never been in an atmosphere like that ever before. So it was kind of, like, overwhelming in a way because everyone was just screaming and cheering and yelling, and I was like, holy cow, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Um, and then aside from that, like, I was competing against, like Brittany Reese, who is um, an Olympic champion, and then other amazing pros that have done incredible things. Um, so that was a huge deal for me. I was like, okay, now I'm know against get these people that I've been watching and that I have been looking up to, and now I'm, like, here with them. So that was such a cool moment for me. Um, and I was really happy with how that went, but I think it definitely helped, like, with the transition Um, of going to college and being in that kind of environment. Because when you get to nationals, um, which other nationals are in Oregon, you've been in that atmosphere before. So when I was in Oregon this past um, spring for NCAAs, um, it was the same atmosphere. The stands were full. Everyone was cheering. And I was like, okay, I've been here before. I jumped on this runway. I know what the atmosphere is like. I'm here with other amazing athletes. So I was really able to relax and just stay
0: confident in my ability. So that I think really, really helped me. Yeah. Do you, um, let me know if you agree with this or do you disagree with this? I have a saying, it's you have to make yourself really good and uncomfortable to grow as a person. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? Yeah,
1: I do. Um, there's, there's, definitely like a time in my, my career where I was very uncomfortable and kind of um, not super confident in my ability. And that was a really hard time. But from experiencing that, I was able to grow and become confident in my ability after going through all of that. So I think everyone definitely needs to experience that at some point and a lot of people have
0: experienced that at some point yeah a lot of people don't like to go out of their comfy zone (laughs) and I think when you do yeah yeah, especially like a you know like you're describing like a stadium full of people that's got to be really quite something the first time you're standing there with all those people (laughs) that has just got to be fascinating Um, yeah it was but as you say you know you got it the next time you know you understood what you're getting into the next time too because you were used to it so yeah um who are so somebody just tweeted me a question to ask you. Do you mind taking questions um from people That's listening? Fine. All right. That's somebody wants fine. to know name. Somebody wants to know um there's a couple of them coming at me actually now. <laughs> um so what who's an idol of yours? Oh wow. Um,
1: I don't have like a lot of like idols I would say, but I think um, the one I would say the most would be, I guess, a long jumper who a lot of people have said, oh, like you should watch this girl jump. She's, um, she reminds me a lot of you and like how you jump and your technique mm-hmm. could be similar to hers. Um, and she is unbelievable. She jumped like, um, I think almost 24 feet last year and wow. it's, um, Ivana Spanovic and she's um, from Serbia I think so she's, she's amazing and I look up to her and actually I watched a lot of her videos last year and I think I was able to improve my approach by watching her approach and after, after I started watching her like, I became really consistent so I think that's probably like, who I look, look up to a lot
0: Good question. Yeah. If you guys want to tweet it tweet me at best Ever you and ask a few more questions before we go, that's absolutely fine. Um we have another question. Someone wants to know, what do you love to do outside of track and field? What are your other interests?
1: Um, I'm a really outdoorsy person, so that's one reason why I like Maine a lot is in the summers at least. Um, <laughs> yeah. really, like, I really like I actually got into um paddleboarding this past summer. <laughs> So I really like that. And I also, I used to play the piano a lot. I don't as much now just because I'm so busy, but I took piano lessons for close to eight years. And um, I'm definitely going to pick it back up once I have more time. But I love playing the piano. I think it's really relaxing. And um, that's another thing I like to do in my in my spare time, for sure.
0: A <laughs> like, there is. <laughs> And um another person wants to know what you're studying in college. Exercise science.
1: So I want to kind of follow um in the footsteps of my trainer from home, become like a personal personal trainer and train other athletes who want to get better at their sport. So that is my goal and I absolutely love it so far. So
0: awesome. That's that's, I could see you doing that, actually. <laughs> that was pretty <really> cool. Um, <laughs> all right. What, um, so let's see how much time we have left. Just a little bit here. What competition that you've been in has meant the most to you? Do you have a favorite or a couple favorites? I, I
1: do. A couple favorites, but um, I think one stands out more than the other. So originally, I'd ha- I'd have to say that my favorite is when I won the NCAA long jump this past outdoor season. Um, But the reason for that is, um, well, I had set the American junior record in the long jump as a senior in high school. And that means a lot to me. That's obviously one of my uh, favorite memories. Um, But I mean, the outdoor NCAA more, I think because Up until then, I had gone through a huge transition, originally going to Iowa State and then transferring to Georgia. And then for a period of time, I wasn't jumping as far as I wanted to. And I was able to kind of overcome everything, all the adversity, everything I was going to and get back to where I wanted to be and become a better jumper and more confident. And I think that's why I was able to win the NCAA meet, um,
0: so I think that's why that one means the most to me. Yeah. Did you just turn 21? Is that right? I did, yes. All this at 21 years old? <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> to me. <laughs> that, I mean, that's just really cool. So a few weeks ago, you turned 21. And uh, I have a 21-year-old also. And you've just achieved so much. Um, take, tell, take me out 10 years. Take us out 10 years from now. Uh, what do you think that's le- your life's like 10 years from now? A um, couple so 31. <laughs> yeah. Um, How many gold medals I'll do we have? have or are we on the Wheaties box? <laughs> <you
1: know? laughs> I mean, I don't want to get, like, too ahead I'm of myself. Kidding but I mean, I'm um, kidding. I know, I know. Um, but I definitely want to have been in the Olympics. Um, uh-huh. hopefully, hopefully more than once. That's a huge, huge goal of mine, and um, I'll probably be close to retiring at that point because 31 is usually kind of that point where you have to start retiring. (laughs) Um, That's sad. (laughs) But, but yeah, hopefully I've been in the Olympics, and, I mean, obviously another huge goal is to to medal, but kind of just take it one step at a time and just try to make the Olympics
0: first, so, (laughs) but, yeah, that's my, my main thing. So awesome. Okay, one more question and we'll go. Do you have little kids that come up to you and are like I want to be like you? Do you ever have anybody just um, in awe? Little kids? when little yeah, kids come so up
1: plates. Yeah. That that happened to me I think a lot in high school just because like Maine is such like a a really nice community and um I know a lot of people from Maine. So I'd be at track meets and like other kids would come up and ask me questions and tell me they look up looked up to me. Or I would, or I'd receive messages on like Twitter or Instagram, asking me questions and saying that they look up to me and that I've inspired them, which is like amazing, amazing to hear because that's mm-hmm. another one of like my main goals is just to inspire people just to, to be, to accomplish their dreams and to become who they want to be, um, and not letting things stop them like diabetes and celiac disease and things like that so yeah
0: well put all right well I'm gonna let you go because we've been on for a little more more than a half an hour now and I want to respect your time but um before we go I just want to know what's next for you what's what's happening in the next um, few weeks as we go in I I know your warm your weather's warmer than ours so you may have already begun all these things but what's what's happening in the world of Kate Hall right now
1: um, so right now I'm still competing in the regular season. So I'm competing this next weekend at Clemson, and then we're going to be starting to get into the postseason and SEC championships are coming up two weeks after that, and then shortly after that is the NCAA championships. So I'm really really excited for that, and it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: All right. Well, we look forward to watching you. We look forward to all of your success, and we're going to keep close tabs on you. I know. I know Dave Eade and all the crew here. They keep amazing tabs on you already. So, and if it wouldn't be for Dave Eade, if um, we wouldn't have this interview right now. So I thank him a lot. And uh, you just have huge fans here, and we're also really proud of you. And thank you very much for taking your time out on your busy Sunday or or even your day off. I don't know which one it is (laughs) for being here. And um, Just thank you, thank you, thank you. Best wishes and good luck. And and thank you to Eric and Jennifer Hall. (laughs) to eric and jennifer hall for putting such a great kid on the planet we we love you for that so all right best of luck to you kate hall thank you for joining us everybody thank you so much for listening to the best ever you show today we appreciate kate's time and energy uh being with us and um i'm on best ever you if you guys have any questions i will put um a link to kate's twitter account on the bottom of this uh radio show so so that you all have that if you have any questions um for her i just want to send her best wishes and and good luck in all she does. So thank you again. And that was Kate Hall, everybody. Georgia Bulldogs, track and field. Go, Kate Hall. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You.